0: Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'Em Up, 1019-AM-1260, The Horn. Hook'Em Up rolls on, two hours to go, three hours down on this Thursday, final day of February, it's leap year. Enjoy that. Rod's got a rant coming up. We'll also get some who said that for the end of this hour as we roll forward. Talking like an NFL scouting combine. Longhorn women go down in tough fashion last night. Uh, boy, buzzer beater. Uh, they were up two points, and uh, Oklahoma had missed a three-pointer, and ball rattled around, got kicked back out to uh, uh, the Oklahoma player, Lexi. I want to make sure I get her name correct. She nailed a big shot. Uh, won a Big 12 regular season title. Uh, Lexi Keys. Okay. Drilled a three-pointer with three seconds to go, 71-70. There was a disputed traveling call where the Longhorns looked like they were to get the ball, with a two-point lead and maybe be able to shoot free throws to win the ball game on the road. Instead, called traveling. Vic Schaefer wasn't real happy about it, and uh, you can go see the film for yourself if she got uh, if she traveled or not. I don't think she ever really controlled the ball. The ball got swiped as she was trying to corral it, and they yeah. called traveling. In real time, it was a tough call. Uh, just a bad break. But give Oklahoma credit. They win both regular season matchups with the Longhorns, and they end up as the Big 12's regular season champions. But big picture, the Longhorns may end up as a higher seed come tournament time. That's when it's all said and done because of the strength of schedule that they've played. Mm. Their non-conference schedule is stronger than Oklahoma's. So, uh, tough loss there. Of course, they'll be back in action this Saturday to play BYU to wrap up their regular season. Texas men will be down uh, at the Moody Center on Saturday to play Oklahoma State. Uh, a lot of combine coming. Rod's got good stuff from Indianapolis, where today Jalen Ford, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy will all work out as part of the uh, D-line and linebackers in through the weekend on 11 Longhorns going through their paces. We'll talk more NFL coming up. Did want to uh, take a minute, Rod, to uh, make an announcement, and uh, it's a tough yeah. tough uh, call but, uh, or tough announcement to make for me. But uh, t- this is going to be my final show on uh, Hook'Em Up. Uh, I presented my, my two-weeks notice to the, to the ownership group two weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, and that the, today, the 29th of February, will be my last show on the horn. And as someone who was uh, in the room when they named the horn and we put on Austin's first all uh, first FM sports station back in 2000 and late 2009, it's been a hell of a run, been a hell of a run. And uh, and just, you know, have, have enjoyed every single day working with the horn and the people at the horn, all the different people at the horn. You, of course, Rod, for the last seven months, want to thank you personally. For, you know, when everything went down last July with, um, you know, a lot of good people were let go in that whole situation, uh, financial reasons or whatnot. You and I and Ty and uh, Christina and Jake and everybody, Lise, rolled up our sleeves and uh, made the most of the football season. I think we did some great work, and I've enjoyed doing this show tremendously with you. Uh, But, you know, circumstances are circumstances, and there's an opportunity that's been presented to me to – uh, make a change and go a new direction and uh, it was a hard decision with uh, my family to make but uh had to make it and i yeah. appreciate your support on that oh man the way it all went down yeah. but um so you're going to carry the torch on the horn uh moving yes, forward and with ty and patrick and the whole crew but uh this will be my last show so i'll wrap it up at 11 o'clock and uh you'll be able to find me in the market but at the same time it's just uh it's a tough it's a conflicted conversation for me because uh i loved every second of working at this place and um I think I'll love where I'm going, but at the same time, you never know. But, uh, you know, got to take some chances sometimes in, yeah. in this world, my friend.
1: No, nah, man. Got to do what's best for you. And, uh, man, it's been great working with you. Learned a lot and uh, had a lot of fun. And uh, me and my man Patrick will be uh, keeping the uh, the morning show going. Uh, we'll start up tomorrow. Yeah. Um, and it'll be me and my man Patrick Davis uh, from the sports complex. So, uh, man, we'll, we'll I'm looking forward to that. Uh, but also, best of luck to you, brother. Godspeed.
0: Thank you, my man. Yeah. It's a business too. At the same time, you played in the National Football League, right? It's just uh, you know you go where you, you're going to where you feel like it's most stable. Yeah. Uh, and you know I think you guys will do great. At the same time, it was uh, an opportunity came. I think you know when July happened uh, for us, and we'll start looking and trying to preserve best best case scenarios and whatnot. You do, but I do want to thank uh, not just you and Ty and. Uh, Patrick, Christina, the whole team that uh, we've been doing—we've been doing more with less since uh, since July. That's for sure. And a lot of people working really hard, and I appreciate them. And uh, everybody that listens, of course, all the, the people that tune in and find the Horn app and share the Horn app. Can't thank you enough and uh, uh, making this sports radio dream thing of mine come true. And hopefully, I can keep it going. I'd also say thank you to uh, uh, Eric Rains, uh, Bob Cole, the whole ownership team over at uh, Austin Radio Network, and with Austin Radio Network, Jake, of course, has really stepped in. Jake Guarino stepped in to become a great leader for for the for the company and uh, Lise Hudson and uh, the whole team. But uh, thanks to everybody, it's been 15 really fun years. Oh and, yeah, man. Um, You know, i look forward to what you guys mm-hmm. do moving forward, and I'm looking forward to what I'm going to be doing uh, starting next week. So I uh, just wanted to let everybody know that. But it's been a it's been a tremendous run, and thanks to everybody uh, that have made it happen. So this will be my last show. We'll wrap it up at 11 o'clock in uh, New Frontiers, New Beginnings, Turn the Page. What was it? Matthew McConaughey in his in his mm-hmm. book talked about uh, Turn the Page. Yep. Never be afraid to turn the page of life, and that's what I'm going to be doing. Uh, but I know you will too, Rod, and uh, looking forward to it.
1: Yeah, I know, man. You'll be great. You'll do well. Um, you be, you're a legend in this industry, so <laughs> a lot of respect for you, brother. Well, thank you. And a lot, you know,
0: there's no hard feelings at all, I can tell you that. I mean, it's not like when you, you don't believe anything you read about uh, or see if anybody puts anything out on social media. It's not true. It's uh, just a decision that I made, and uh, uh, they was very supportive from this end, and it's just a uh, you know, personal situation that yep. – uh, I think it was best for my family and for me, and so that's the decision to make.
1: Everybody understands that. If you don't, then you don't get it. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, man. Uh, no question, brother.
0: Well, and I'll, I'll, you'll find me. If you still want to hear me, I'll be out there, but uh, and so will Rod and so, so many great people doing great work. So uh, thanks to everybody. So we're talking NFL Scouting Combine. This will be the last show for me, but not the last show uh, for Rod and the crew moving forward. But uh, we'll get into Rod's rant. Let's do that right now. Let's get to Rod's rant of the day, second of this uh, Thursday morning.
1: All right. I want to go over some of the uh, the grades actually from the uh, the player survey about the teams and some of the uh, the really interesting nuggets and tidbits from it. Uh, for those who don't know, the NFL does a player survey. Um, and asked them anonymously about their teams and about the facilities and the, 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 the nutritionist, the dietitian, the coach. They asked them about everything. And every team gets grades. Um, and basically, it's kind of the Yelp reviews <laughs> of the NFL with each individual uh, team. And there's some really interesting nuggets. So the Jaguars, you got to give the Jaguars a lot of credit because they had the biggest, um, I would say, they had the biggest improvement. From, I think they were ranked uh, 28th in the overall survey um, like a year ago. Um, they, they were like 28th overall, so a disaster of a franchise from the player's perspective and their opinion. And they were fifth. Uh, in this year's poll that's a hell of a difference, and their ownership, I believe got an a as well uh almost a ten out of ten so the the the, the players uh were really, really complimentary of the Jaguars ownership and the upgrades that they had made the bucks the bucks got an issue the bucks ranked twenty fourth and apparently one of the issues the bucks had were shower bugs. Players described the locker room as unclean and smelly, <laughs> and said they regularly saw bugs in the showers. The team sauna is apparently broken, um, and the bugs are also—they are not a—they're per- not a fan of like perks for travel or families or anything like that. Uh younger players on the team must have roommates on away trips unless they're willing to pay over 1750 for their own room each season. Uh Tampa also does not offer they uh, they do offer daycare on game days, but they charge $90 per child, which honestly daycare is just expensive no matter where you I don't give a damn where you are. That that's, that's cheap considering what daycare costs. Daycare is always expensive. Uh the Jaguars one, uh, want the only team that made uh, big improvements. The Cardinals apparently were heavily criticized last year because it was revealed that they were charging their players for meals, uh, which they no longer do. Players say the food is still bad, but at least now it's free. They're not paying for bad food. They just get it for free. Uh, they upgraded their weight room and added a room for families on game days, which is important. Um, so, And now they said uh, now they offer three meals. Uh, on Wednesdays, <laughs> when uh, apparently they weren't offering three meals, when I was at Detroit Lions, they, you can eat three meals there. You can go there for breakfast. You can go. You can stay there for lunch, and then you can eat. You can eat dinner there if you wanted to. They would give you dinner to go. Um, with the Detroit Lions when I was there, so they. I mean, every every obviously we're learning here. Every uh, organization is a little bit different. Um, Nick Cortey, who does a really good job breaking down the kind of salary cap stuff in the league. He actually graded. He gave a GPA grade, a GPA uh, correlation to the scores that the owners were given and the ownership grades, and he used a GPA scale, and he basically divided the ownership up into two groups, groups of owners who had purchased their teams and groups of owners who inherited their teams. And he found out that the owners who purchased their team got a better overall grade. They averaged a 3.18 overall uh, grade, like I said, GPA system, so they got a B. Where teams that were inherited, um, they got a 2.2, so they got a C grade. So and if you go look at, uh, as Corte found, if you look at eight of the nine highest-graded owners, plus the Packers, uh, all right, so the Packers, remember, their, their special situation, they're owned by the people, all bought their teams themselves. And the four worst-graded owners all inherited their team. So eh, maybe there's a trend going on there too. Uh, The Broncos, apparently it was revealed they got a car theft problem. Uh, Players feel like, uh, it said here, uh, players feel like they lack an individualized workout program from their strength coach, and they want that. They also reported that there were multiple cars stolen from the parking lot (laughs) of the mandated team hotel during training camp, which is, that's a problem. That's not good. That's your head of security, whoever that may be. Uh, the Raiders really hate Josh McDaniels. Uh, they do. There was uh, most of the all but three head coaches got at least a B minus in their scores. So players love their coaches, right? They're supposed to. Um, there was just one one D. Now nineteen of them got an A minus. So nineteen coaches got an A minus. Um, all but three head coaches got a B minus. Josh McDaniels D. Ooh. Yeah, they don't like Josh McDaniels. Um, apparently, now the NFL Players Association are giving out F-minuses, which means that you really suck. <laughs> the F-minus. You're already getting an F, but an F-minus. Didn't even know that existed. Oh, yes, it exists. So, apparently, um, here are the all the F-minus grades that were handed out. Uh, the Bengals, Steelers, Patriots, and Commanders all got F-minus grades for their treatment of families. Um, the Bengals... They got F-minus for their cafeteria food and their food overall. Damn, the Bengals got a lot of F-minuses here. The Bengals also got an F-minus for nutrition and their dietician. The Commanders got an F-minus for their locker room because their locker room was disgusting, apparently. Uh, The Commanders got an F-minus for their training room. Kind of important. Uh, The Falcons got an F-minus for their strength coaches. So they need to do a kind of man-in-the-mirror moment there. The Chiefs. Only F-minus for ownership. Isn't that crazy? Yes. That is wild for the most successful football team in the NFL. Currently, that's on a dynastic run um, that they would have. That ownership voted to have an F. Uh, the Miami Dolphins, uh, they just are, they are the elite class of this player survey because they got all A's, all A's for everything. Treatment of families, A-minus. That's third best in the NFL. Food and cafeteria, A. That's first. Nutritionist and dietitian A. That's second. Locker room, A. Third. Training room, A. That's first. Training staff, A-minus, first. Weight room, A-plus, first. Strength coaches, A. That's second. Team travel, A. That's first. Head coach, A. He was eighth. And the ownership got an A-plus. So all glowing remarks, and there were top three in every category. So, if you're looking at who the elite uh, organization is from a player perspective, it's the Miami Dolphins. See if that can translate to to the field. But overall, the top five teams in the survey were Miami, Minnesota, Green Bay, Philadelphia, and Jacksonville. And the bottom five were Pittsburgh. This is overall Pittsburgh, New England, the Chargers, Kansas City, and Washington. Think about that. The two teams that have had dynastic runs in the last 12 to 15 years New England and Kansas City they are at the bottom of the list when it comes to the players surveys and player opinions about the the organization and the Pittsburgh Steelers who have been the most consistent franchise and arguably the most buttoned up right um in terms of you know coaching hires and turnovers they are, I mean, they—they with Mike Tomlin, they haven't had a losing record, and yet they are in the bottom five of this player poll survey, along with the Chargers, Well, they're going to bring in Jim Harbaugh, and Washington, that's no shock at all. So that's, in, that's, that's impressive. I mean, guys, the Kansas City Chiefs, when you look at the Kansas City Chiefs, it really is amazing now that we're learning how, how cheap <laughs> the ownership is. And, guys, if you look at their player survey – they got a D plus in the treatment of their families. Eighteenth <laughs> for the food in the cafeteria, it's a C minus. Twenty sixth. Ouch. Nutritionist and dietitian F. Thirty first. Locker room F. That's twenty eighth. Training room was a D. That's thirty first. The training staff got an F. That's thirty second. They were the, the worst training staff graded as the worst training staff by the players in all of the league. Weight Room, twenty-third, they got a C plus. Strength coaches, C plus, twenty-seventh. Team Travel, a D, twenty-seventh. The head coach, A plus. They got him first. <laughs> so the, the the head coach, Andy Reid, A plus. You're damn right about that. Ownership, F minus minus, thirty-second. They were basically graded out as one of the worst franchises in every category. Except for a head coach. We know quarterback is the best. Defensive coordinator is the best and damn near GM is probably the best too. So those are the four things you got to get right. Everything else in your franchise and organization can suck. And that's basically what's going on with Kansas City. And remember I told you earlier that Clark Hunt is looking for more money. Apparently there was a I don't know there's a threat from the president of Chiefs uh, at a news conference yesterday that threatened to leave the city. After their lease expires, if the county doesn't vote to pay a higher tax rate to raise hundreds of millions of dollars so the Hunt family can get a new stadium, essentially. They're asking basically for a billion dollars in county money on this, the same day he was voted the worst owner in football or maybe the shrewdest, whatever. That franchise value over, overall has gone from $2.5 billion in 2020 to $4.3 billion in 2023. The Hunt family paid 25000 for it in 1960. You're talking about generational wealth That's what you're talking about So Kansas City got the quarterback right, and it seems like they don't have to really spend money on anything else because they don't even spend money on the roster. Remember, they didn't pay Tyreek Hill. They're deciding whether they want to pay Chris Jones. Just up Andy Reid. They just upped uh, Steve Spagnola. They got the most team-friendly deal, arguably for a quarterback in the league, and the biggest discount in the NFL in Travis Kelsey being paid like a tight end when he has number one wide receiver numbers. Guys, five teams in the NFL since 2019 have spent less cash than the Kansas City Chiefs. Only five. They are notoriously a cheap franchise, ran by a cheap billionaire, but they got quarterback right, they got head coach right, they got GM right, and they got DC right. Nothing else seems to matter for Kansas City. Uh, so anyway, that, there you go. That is shocking, but they are one of the worst graded franchises by this player survey in the league. Um, and the Chargers, you talked about it. They got an F uh, in terms of their family treatment, uh, ranked 27th overall. Um, it says here the Chargers have a family room at the stadium, but only provide daycare off-site, um, which players said was inconvenient for them. They are also one of the few teams that charge for child care services, asking players to pay seventy-five dollars for the first child, fifty dollars for each additional child per family. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's that's. I mean, I get it. Child care is expensive. Period. We everybody knows that. Um, but NFL teams, a seventeen billion dollar annual business. Yeah, I'm gonna say they probably should provide complimentary child care. But do you want free child care? It's one of those things like, do you, you know, some things you want to pay for. You don't want cheap surgery, hey? So I, would rather pay for my child care. It's good they can pay for it, cause that would mean, uh, uh, hopefully, that the child care is better overall. That it's a, you know, a, 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 better, more credible child care if you're paying for it. So they don't pay for it. That's fine. Um, but most of the NFL teams do not child do not charge for child care. So there you go. That's the NFL, some of the nuggets from the NFL player survey. Uh, I mean, some of the most successful franchises, though, are graded by the players as the most, you know, as as the most dysfunctional or the worst (laughs) or the cheapest franchises. So maybe that doesn't necessarily always correlate to success on the field.
0: No question about it. No question about it. Yeah, I mean, it's a seventeen billion dollar organization. You know, and people they make a lot of money. Yeah, a lot the, of money. The players. I, I am glad the NFLPA is doing this. It's only the second year they've done it. They started last year. This year, uh, and you know, it's it's kind of holding organizations accountable, and you kind of get to see, okay, how's my organization doing with these uh, big picture things and yep, taking care of people exactly. And you know, you know, like an organization like the Miami Dolphins, who got you know resounding one almost every category. Mm-hmm. that's good for them in the free agent market, right? I mean, that's It like, is good. I mean, that, I that's mean that speaks to players. That's a good point. Yeah, it's it like, is. If I got choices to go play, I mean, money's one thing in the contract, but, man, that's a great organization. They take care of their people. Players talk to one another, man. Yeah. They do. They do. That's a good thing. Uh, all right, good mm-hmm. stuff right there as usual. And Rod's rant, we'll get some uh, who said that coming up. We're keeping our eyes on the uh, NFL scouting combine because they'll hit the on-field drills later today. Uh, I'm looking to see what uh, – Big Tavandre Sweat weighs in at. I mean, they're going to do their, their weigh in. That's the first thing you do, right? You yep. get it there, you weigh in, you do your measurements, and they get them on typically, at least when I have covered it, they put them on the, the bench press and they start uh, pu- putting, up the, putting up the plates, and yep. then they go work out mm-hmm. on the field. So we'll keep an eye on that uh, from Should. Indianapolis. Should be coming any time, honestly. Should be coming. Yeah all right uh, looking forward to it we'll come back when we do we'll pick up the conversations uh get your thoughts on uh, the happenings of the day text line is open 512-447-3776 we roll on hook em up with ian rodby as we head pretty deep in the nine o'clock hour here we've got some great news the williamson county delays up along up i-35 and toll 130 are done now off to the south of forty five wells ranch parkway parmer and then a 290 to the next that's still going to be slow now, the Hayes County delays northbound on the interstate also finished, but from William Cannon to Stasty and then uh, Ben White to, to downtown, it's still going to be a little slow. By the way, that little issue we had up along I-35 near Ben White is done. It dropped off the board, so uh, finally uh, we got rid of that. It's been on the really on my traffic radar for a long time here, now, but we're not seeing much else on the radar or on the board when it comes to serious crashes, and that's the best part. I'm Don Biller, and that is your traffic.
1: Hey, what's up, folks? Lifetime Longhorn, Rod Babers here. Other than the traffic, Austin is one of the best cities in America, folks. Why people keep moving to Austin, that's why uh, people want to make it their home, and that contributes to the traffic, of course. But there are so many reasons to love Austin. The people, the food, the culture, the music, uh, the iconic landmarks around town that make the city unique. And what you may not know is that many of the iconic landmarks that we love in this city were created and built by the skilled craftsmanship of Ironworkers Local Union 482 like the Pennybacker Bridge and DKR stadium the folks over at iron workers local 482 don't just go to the office they're the ones who build it so if you're looking for an exciting employment opportunity or a refreshing career change how about becoming a member of iron workers local union 482 right now they're hiring over 3,000 people for a huge project right here in Central Texas they're offering competitive wages competitive benefits and a pension plan they even offer training for unskilled labor through their apprenticeship program become a member of iron workers local 482 and take pride in the type of teamwork and craftsmanship that helps shape the the future of our great city. Maximize your potential and accept the challenge of becoming the best version of yourself by going online to apply at ironworkers482.org. That's ironworkers482.org.
0: When you wake up well-rested on
1: a great mattress, everything becomes clear.
0: I do overthink everything. Things you missed when you were tired finally reveal themselves.
3: I should just get fake
0: plants. It's the President's Day Sale at Mattress Firm. Get a king bed for a queen price. Save up to $700 plus a free adjustable base with select Sealy mattresses. See a lower price? We'll match it. The right mattress matters. We'll find yours. Restrictions apply. See store or website for details. Hear that? The sound of your antique fountain pen gliding across linen paper as you journal in the park. And if you were here, you'd be inspired by the warm breeze. But you're not here. Because your self-care happens out on the road, riding your motorcycle protected by Progressive. And the wind in your face on the road is all the inspiration you need. So if you ride, get a quote and see if you could save with Progressive, America's number one motorcycle insurer. Now that's inspiring. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates not available in all states. Now
2: here's Rita Ballou live from inside your plumbing.
3: Even if your drain doesn't show any leaks or have any eye-watering smells coming from it, it doesn't mean your septic system still may not be working well. Pumping your septic tank can help improve the
1: efficiency of your system, but you're going to need an expert.
2: And that's why Hambone Plumbing is proud to announce
3: Hambone Septic Pumping. The same great company now offering even more services. How do you get your septic system at proper working levels? Rita? Call Hambone. 512-388-7030.
1: Hamboneplumbing.com. License number
0: is M12470 at TCEQ26366. Aaron
1: Hogan. Rod Babers, hook them up,
0: 1019-AM-1260, The Horn. All right, don't uh, take this for the gospel, but uh, from a Twitter account named NFL Rumors, Rod says, the Atlanta Falcons are expected to make a trade for Chicago Bears quarterback Justin Fields. There is believed to have an initial compensation discussed to make the deal work. So keep an eye on that. Wouldn't be a shock. Atlanta's been a name we've heard, Pittsburgh, the Raiders, but uh, if you heard Ryan Poles, the general manager of the Bears, mm-hmm. earlier this week, it did indicate that they want to do this sooner than later if, as an organization, they've decided that Caleb Williams is their pick or they're going to draft one of these quarterbacks and um, do right by Justin Fields is what Ryan Poles said. They, you know, he wouldn't want to be in the gray area too. Let's make some – if we have clarity on the situation, let's make sure Justin Fields gets some clarity too moving forward.
1: Yeah, I mean, doing the right thing by Justin Fields is you – know, it, considering it's so obvious what your decision should be, and when I think, what they, what it, what it is actually going to be, and what it will be, um, yeah, I mean, trade just feels now you're losing. You're probably gonna lose some of your leverage in, you know, this trade. You probably won't get the value that you want for Justin Fields because people know that you want to get rid of him, rather than whether you're contemplating on making him your franchise quarterback. Um, so he yeah, has the right thing to do for Justin Fields. And if they trade him to Atlanta, he'd be going, you know, back home. I mean, he originally played for for Georgia, but uh, I think he's from he's from, know, the area. from that area up there. So he'd be going back home. Uh, That'd be a new, and we can play the sound when Ty gets back, but uh, Raheem Morris was uh, basically, he was on the the podium talking to the media and said, I wouldn't be here if we had better quarterback play. Um, And so that tells me that they're going to be aggressive about the quarterback position, whether it be in the draft or whether it be going to get, you know, a quarterback in free agency or a trade. Uh, He's going to be aggressive about it. I think he understands that, you know, the, the, Future, his future uh, as a head coach of the Atlanta Falcons, I think, is directly tied to a quarterback success, period. Yep. Um, and whoever he picks as a quarterback, that ultimately is who he's picking to have his, his future in their hands. Um, and I think he's going to be very careful with that decision, and maybe it is Justin Fields.
0: Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the, they'll have clarity. Obviously, they'll they'll have their quarter because if you're Atlanta, you cl- you clearly have a plan here and you want Justin Fields to be a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, with your new head coach. And as you just said, and there's now you if the Bears do this while they're at the combine, then they're they're through with it. And there's no more speculation. They know what compensation they're getting. Yeah. And uh, off we go. Uh, but we'll see. That's a that's a, just a report from a. NFL rumors Twitter account. We haven't seen anything from Adam Schefter or the world, but there's a, little, a lot of conversations. This is where these conversations happen, right? Yeah, and
1: I think they're hoping that announcing that they are, or at least implying and hinting that they are going to end up trading Justin Fields, will open up a bidding war for him of sorts. You know, that maybe Atlanta wants, wants, wants to be in on that, and maybe Pittsburgh. Which needs a quarterback, in my opinion. Maybe they want in on the Justin Fields sweepstakes, and if that's the case, then maybe that will increase the the value uh, in, within the trade, and they'll they'll get kind of more leverage uh, to trade him. But right now, he may be may come relatively cheap. I know they want a first round pick for him. I wouldn't pay a first round pick for Justin Fields. That, that's not. I, I would not give that up. I don't think he's proven that much um, as a prospect. He had did have a season where you know he was their lead rusher and and had a breakout campaign as a runner but as a passer i haven't seen him make the strides necessary to 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 essentially declare him a franchise quarterback right i don't know if that's i don't know if that and that's worth a first round pick right he's got to be a franchise quarterback i don't I, i've seen enough of Justin Fields and i've never seen franchise quarterback in him yet maybe in the right system with the right play caller that changes and he's in the pocket actually in the pocket. He's in the pocket less time than any other starting quarterback in the league. Nobody is outside the pocket more than Justin Fields. Is that a good thing or a bad thing?
0: I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot of people in uh, Chicago have seen enough at 39 starts that he just doesn't see the field well enough, right? He doesn't yeah. he doesn't anticipate everything we see from a Brock Purdy, right? Who's called a game manager. Justin Fields hesitates. He doesn't uh, let yeah. the ball he, he's got the arm strength, he's got uh, the, the athleticism, but man, it's about seeing the seeing the seeing the windows, exactly right. anticipating the windows, and getting the ball out of your hand. Now, there are those in the Justin Fields camp who say he's been undercoached, he's doesn't have good talent around him. Um, Could be true. He, you know, they, they keep rotating out. His, his, he's had you know different offensive coordinators year by year, yep. and anybody would tell you that that's not ideal well, no. for developing a young quarterback. So uh, this is one of those compelling stories in a, in a quarterback-starved league. If you're a team like Atlanta and you're trying to move on from Desmond Ritter and you're trying to find you know, kind of the heir apparent to the, to the Matty Ice years in Atlanta. That's exactly right. Make a run at a hometown kid who's going to get a ton of support there and uh, a good coach, a lot of weapons around him. Uh, we'll see. That'll be, that'll be fun for the Atlanta Falcons. If they hit, it may, it's worth it, whatever you give up for it. You know well, what
1: I mean? we've seen, you know, this is a new era of quarterback development, and we've seen quarterbacks who were once considered busts have their, their skill set resuscitated and be able to rehabilitate uh, their careers in a sense. You know, Jared Goff was considered a bust. Sean McVay gets him; he ends up being a Super Bowl quarterback. And then people think, oh man, he's once again done for because Sean McVay's done with him. He'll just be a bridge quarterback from now on. And now he's a franchise quarterback with the Detroit Lions coming off an NFC title game appearance, right? And, and has won playoff games with multiple franchises, which is really, really tough to do in the NFL. Uh, Geno Smith ends up going to Seattle and has a career year in his, what, eighth or ninth year in the league, something like that. Uh, We watched Tua with Mike McDaniel. Everybody thought Tua was a bust. Can't stay healthy. He's a bust. Bring in a new system where he gets the ball out quickly to insulate him in pass protection. Look what Tua is right now, right? Tua had one of the best seasons uh, in the NFL last season for a QB. And, you know, Baker Mayfield. Everybody thought Baker Mayfield was a bust. Well, Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, but he's not a bust anymore. Came back to win a playoff game this year and had a career year. So we're seeing more and more of these stories in the NFL, which should give you optimism about Justin Fields. He's got all the raw materials, as you said. Maybe a change in scenery, maybe a change in system will result in being able to extract some of that that high level ability um, and be able to turn him into the prospect that that was drafted in the first round um, and he can reach his you know reach his ceiling as a player.
0: Yeah, well that would be the hope, right? And um, you know what are you, the, the Falcons are drafting eighth. I hardly believe they're giving up the eighth pick in the draft to no. acquire Justin Fields. Yeah. Right, <laughs> something less than that it might be the you know if you're the Bears you would take the their second round pick, which is the eighth pick of the second round, which is right around pick forty. Uh, that would be about where I would, you know, start to see the value in, in trading for a Justin Fields. Well, if they do, that would make some sense. But uh, they're not giving up the eighth pick.
1: No, that's no. too much. That's way too much value. There you'd have to trade down, get value, and then, you know, do something else. If that's if they really want Justin Fields, but I think the fear is that the guy that they want at eight will be gone by then. Uh, maybe that's the fear that who would they really like because you never know what the teams have high on their board, right? We just um, we can we'll probably play the sound later of Dan Orlovsky. Talking about, you know, he thinks Jaden Daniels is the best quarterback in the draft. If that's the case, if you got him higher on your board, you know, you don't want to disrespect the big board because if you do, then you and you it turns out that your big board was right. You're gonna regret that, and and then your scouts are gonna turn against you. Like, yeah, man, we put this work in on this big board, and then you decided to just uh, toss it all away at the last minute. Um, But Justin Fields, the concern is in the pocket. He's, he's in the pocket uh, less than any quarterback, starting quarterback in the league. He's outside the pocket more than any other starting quarterback in the league. And to me, I mean, if, if that was – I don't know if that's intentional. Um, I know that they, they, they stole some elements from that Lamar Jackson offense in Baltimore and started to use that with, Lamar, with uh, Justin Fields, and they did see some, uh, some really interesting returns and some good returns on that type of uh, shift in the offense. But uh, I I just don't know if he operates from the pocket well enough and processes from the pocket well enough to put him um, in a situation where he can manage a game and be able to convert consistently. If you know he's got to get outside the pocket and all you got to do consistently is flush him and apply pressure and blitz. And if you do that, he'll eventually vacate the pocket. When he vacates the pocket, it makes him predictable in what he's going to do. Yeah, He can throw on the run, but I'm just saying, if I know that he's going to vacate the pocket anyway and that's his tendency, it makes him a lot easier to defend. All
0: right, some uh, great stuff right there. And enlightening stuff coming from Troy Vincent, right? He's the vice president of the uh, Players Association. Or, no, he's not with the NFL. He was with the players, right? Yes. Uh, well, so here's you know he's been doing some interviews while in Indy. And we talked earlier, and we'll get back into this, that he feels like there is growing momentum for the new kickoff rule, uh, adopting the XFL's kickoff rule mm-hmm. to bring excitement. Bract- make the kickoff great again, Rod. I Make love it. the kickoff great again. Yeah. Uh, make it part of the game, as we've talked about. The, uh, every kickoff in the Super Bowl, all 13 of them were touchbacks. It becomes a moot point It's a play. wasted play. A wasted play. Wasted play. Yep. Um, so, but here's a couple other notes. We'll talk about the, the kickoff. But Troy Vincent says uh, on the tush push discussion, he says, Don't punish a team that does it well. There's not momentum to do anything about the tush push. No. Uh, he also thinks the NFL can't, will approve and can't approve the rights to ban the hip
1: drop tackles.
0: Hip yeah. drop tackles, right?
1: Yeah, that's one where they, you know, they grab a guy either from, usually from the back or from the side. And essentially, they throw they throw all their weight onto them, like basically, they like <laughs> try to bear hug them. their leg, essentially. Yeah, bear hug them, and then de- and basically dead body weight themselves and drop to the ground that way.
0: Yeah, the uh, and they usually do it
1: from behind, and it's really bad when you do it from behind. Yeah, players snapping it, an ACL. it
0: you snap you yeah you, know, you break ankles. Yep. Um, yeah, pop, pop, knee injuries also this is interesting because it's seen as the worst rule in sports for a lot of people but uh, Troy Vincent says no appetite from the competition committee to change the fumble through the end zone rule yeah, there's really. I mean, the fans don't like it, but the rule's not changing.
1: We don't know. Well, they don't have a better idea. That's right. The NFL is all about. All right, we'll change it if there's a better idea. Do you have a better idea? No, he's like, you don't have a better idea. We've talked about this. Whether it's too punitive, the punishment, um, and I, even a discussion. I don't think we have a right. This makes it a great sports debate. I don't know if we've just decided on whether uh, it's too punitive or not. That if the, if the ball is fumbled through the end zone, that the opposing team gets the gets the football and it's a, it's a touchback for them. Right. Like we don't. I don't think we've decided whether it's too punitive or not. Right. Um, I think it might be, but then I don't have a better idea of how to uh, compromise.
0: That's what we talked about. it Because it happened in the Buffalo-Kansas City game, right? Yep. And it became a huge topic in the uh, divisional playoffs. But it's, you know, the end zone's the end zone, right? The, the field of play is the field of play. It is. And you're defending your end zone. That's you your goal. Yep. The offense's goal is to get the ball in the end zone. The defense's yep. goal is to defend the end zone. That is true. And just like on a kickoff, if a ball ends up in the end zone, it's dead zone and you know there uh, there's really no – so it's it kind of has to be a touchback. But who gets the ball? Well, the ball wasn't controlled on its way into the end zone. So it goes to the defense because they defended their end zone. It's kind of the argument yeah. that, you know, they did their job. And it's the offense's fault for not controlling the
1: football into that end zone. I agree with that. I, I, that's why I think the offense should be punished because the ball is precious. Yes. And you lost the football. Yes. That is the number one objective of the game is to possess the ball. And you lost the ball. There's a punishment for that too.
0: Yep. Uh, and I know people think it's too punitive, uh, but according to Troy Vincent, there's no appetite to even consider changing Cause it, it. happens,
1: it's, it's so rare, too. It is it rare. It doesn't happen a lot. That's, but that's why the kickoff, that, there is momentum to change it because you get a lot of kickoffs. A lot of kickoffs. It's a lot of kickoffs, and at this point, it's a, it's a wasted play for football. It's, you know I mean? And I think they figured out now in this TV show that is football, hey, you know what? That's, that's a part of the TV show nobody cares about. It's like the credits and like the, the opening theme song. Where well, they've gotten rid of the theme song in the credits, have y'all noticed that? Yeah. The credits now come on as the last scene of the show comes on, and there's no more theme songs like they had in the 80s and the 90s. They just get right to it. They may drop a little, uh, some little audio clip, and maybe a little sound or some jingle. But they get right to it. There's no more 30, 45 second theme songs because they want to get right to the meat of the TV show. That's the NFL now with the kickoff and the kickoff return. Right now, that's a wasted play, and it's, it's no drop drama involved in that play, and NFL wants to infuse drama in every play. So just like TV shows, they're going to take out the stuff nobody cares about, like the credits and the theme song. And right now, the kickoff, as it stands right now, nobody cares about it. You've got to change it. You've got, you got, you got, you got to tweak it, modernize it. Let's see it. if we've got
0: this right. So essentially, the, the XFL's rule, players line up on the, you know, by like at the 35-yard line, mm-hmm. the kick returner 30 yards away at the goal yep. line. The kicker still kicks.
1: Yes, he does. By himself
0: on the other end. He's the
1: only person moving before the ball is caught. Everybody else has to stay still till the ball is caught.
0: Right. And once the ball is caught, then the, 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 the blockers can engage, the, the tacklers can engage and try to get through the blocks and go tackle the kick returner. Only five yards apart. Only five yards apart. So no um, car collisions, no, no car crashes. Yeah, that, that, that was always the argument about the kickoffs, and you did kickoff duty, Rod, mm-hmm. wedge buster. And I got injured uh, twice. Twice. Yeah. <laughs> because you're running as fast as you can and then slamming into big humans. I mean, that's really your job. Yeah. Uh, so concussions, the majority of concussions were happening on kickoffs, and usually it's the collisions you don't even see because like, you're watching the ball. Yes. You know, we all remember the kickoff returner getting blown up when someone breaks through the, the yeah. gap and crushes him. But the, 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 the collisions that oh. happen at about the 20-yard line? Ooh, brutal. 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 <laughs> yes, I totally agree. And so that's what they wanted to outlaw. Well, what they've done is just taken the kickoff completely out of the game. So yeah. people are saying, well, they just, just have a, just start at the 25-yard line. They don't even have a kickoff. They, which they, they do. Which, Yeah. Yeah. Well, oh, don't even go through the the. Uh, oh yeah, don't even go through the, the kickoff. The, Just yeah, give them the ball. The
1: ceremonial kickoff, basically, <laughs> yeah. what it's become. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, but this is a better solution because you know what? It does bring the kick. Look, I mean, some of the most exciting plays in football are kickoff returns, and some of the most exciting players in football have been kickoff returners. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Billy White Shoes Johnson back when I'm growing up. Oh, and, Deion uh, Sanders, Deion man, returning kick. Rod Woodson, returned
1: Rod the the Woodson kicks. returning kick. Rod Woodson returning
0: kicks. The track stars.
1: Daryl Green was back there. They to put their best athletes Devin back Hester. there at times because they were like, no, we can get a lot. A lot of hidden yardage back here with this kickoff. Remember, sometimes it'd be like they'd put Randy Moss back there on special occasions, like, Oh, no, we need a big play. Put Randy back there. I yeah. just love that NFL doesn't do that anymore now because they're too worried about their superstars getting hurt from those car collisions on kickoffs. You change this rule, guys, that the kickoff return is gonna have at least 20, 20 yards uh, of a running start yeah. without any, any defender even near him. Oh, it's going to be, I'm telling you, it's, it's going to open up a lot, and you might get more teams either prioritizing and emphasizing having a returner on the roster, shout out Keelan Robinson, that'd be good for you, or deciding, you know what, I, maybe I can risk having one of my best players back there. Just got to ask them to, you know, you won't have the high-speed collisions because defenders will see, pretty much be making open field tackles as opposed to tackling your, blowing your guy up with a 30, 40-yard head start. Big difference. So maybe now you see your superstars back there. Returning kicks, maybe you see C.D. Lamb back there. Returning kicks, uh, because it's got the return on that investment. You're gonna have, you're gonna be able to get, like I said, 25, 30 yards of field position potentially that you weren't gonna be able to get before. Um, so I, I, think it could be a huge shift in the game. I, I hope they do it. That would be awesome. Do. Well, because I mean, think about do game
0: it. situations, right? End of games where you're. Uh, oh man, you're doing. Hey Tyreek Hill, you're going back returning this going kick. Back. You may not do it on
1: all of them, but we need fair position. We need a touchdown. Yep. We, so we put Who's not back watching there? that? No. <laughs> I mean, it's not tuning in for that. Deal. Exactly. Everybody is. I'm telling you, it's, it it could be a huge shift, and I hope they do it. I think that the shadow banning of the kickoff has been uh, a bit shameful for the NFL. Yeah. It's well, a wasted play. Don't 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 let it die.
0: I like yeah. that they did it in the it's effort good. of safety because you you know you could argue your career was ended by oh, yeah. running no. on a kickoff. Game. It was
1: a, it was the most dangerous play in football. It it probably still is if you look at all numbers so they needed to they needed to tweak it but this is the perfect perfect adjustment yeah oh man and and props to the XFL for coming up
0: with it being being creative they were coming up with a way to limit the collisions but bring the excitement back because as we said in the Super Bowl all 13 kickoffs were touchbacks that's not even a play we want to see there was a muff punt in that game no there was a missed extra point in that game. So special teams still important. Special teams still matter yep. to, to the biggest games and uh, bring that back. Make the kickoff great again. Thank you very much. Yeah. Uh, all right, we'll come back. <laughs> we'll play some Who Said, that, who said uh, that from around the sports landscape. It's Hook em Up with Ian Rodvick. Who said that? Who said that? Who said that? All right, it's Who Said That time. Who said that? Uh, Rod, what do you have for me? And who said that audio from around the
1: landscape? Yes, sir. Got a couple of clips that I've already sent my man, Ty. Ty, you can dial any of them up and we can play who said that. I don't get the sense. You think it's that simple.
3: I thought that Caleb Williams was a lock at number one. Cause I thought Drake may would be the guy I was wrong in that. Jaden Daniels should be the guy. If I were the Chicago bears right now, I would take Jaden Daniels out of LSU. That is not a knock on Caleb Williams. That is a plus and Jaden Daniels. I think number one, when you watch all these guys play, the best thrower, the best guy against man coverage, ball placement-wise, is Jaden Daniels. Number two, when we're talking about explosive play, like guys who have to throw the ball downfield, what does it look like? Jaden Daniels throws the ball best downfield. And then number three, who's got the best pocket piece? When I say piece, it's P-E-A-C-E. All these guys are athletic. It's no longer like this plus. Every one of these guys has that attribute. The patience and the peace within the pocket, he's the best at. Um, candidly, I think when it comes to what guy had the best game, none of these guys' games compare to Jaden Daniels against Florida. If you just watch that player versus the University of Florida, you would go, that's the best player in college football, and he's going to be the guy that transfers the best into the NFL. Caleb Williams is fantastic. I think Jaden Daniels is better. You know, I, I just
0: went right, back enough. at this. Thank you,
1: man. All right, let's, uh, Who said that?
0: My man Dan Orlovsky going bold this morning. Going bold. I like it. Uh, we had the debate in the 8 o'clock hour. Now there's the actual sound of it. And uh, you know what? Uh, you know, he makes a compelling argument. And, look, Caleb Williams has been the consensus can't miss pick. But, man, Jaden Daniels has made 55 starts in college football. He's 6'4", uh, 210, so he's got the size and he's got the, uh, the, the number of starts that you can look at and see a lot of film. And he's just gotten better. Uh, and that, the okay. athleticism's off the charts, Rod. Right? Mm-hmm. And and as you heard Orlovsky say, the piece in the pocket, I love how he says that, and the ball placement. I mean, these yep. are all things that are important to being a, an effective quarterback. And he rushed for 1,200 yards last year as a runner, too. So, I mean, I you know, it, it's not. A, it's it's kind of like the Marvin Harrison, Malik Neighbors thing. It's not a knock on on Marvin Harrison or a knock on Caleb Williams. It's this, you got to look at this kid. He's really, really good.
1: Yeah, you're right. People are just going back to the film, um, I think watching it a little bit more, going deeper into the film and realizing – Jaden Daniels, his, his ceiling may be, you know, just as high as Caleb Williams. Now, has he has he accomplished as much and all that? That's a different discussion. But you could argue that he has. I mean, he's won a Heisman too, and his uh, last year was statistically just prolific. Um, okay, um, we got some other pieces of audio here. You can dial any of them up, Ty, and we can play. Who said that? Who said it? Give me one sec here. Oh, all right, no worries. Who here? Said here that? We
3: go. Name for football fans. Chris Jenkins. It's amazing. Sign,
1: sign up. Sign Chris up.
3: Jenkins. Right. That's the tough bar to pass.
2: No, absolutely. People absolutely. don't realize how good your damn dad was. Oh,
1: absolutely. Big man, too. And he can
3: move.
2: Big man.
1: Big, Big
3: man. man. I know it firsthand, unfortunately. Well, and I absolutely. think we have a photo of oh, we got Chris it? Sims yep. on the oh. wrong end. Oh, Chris Jenkins. They have was that Was that the spleen game? That is the play. Man. Your dad almost killed Chris. I heard about oh, that. Literally. I've already been hit. Thomas Davis is, he's bouncing off of me here. Oh, yeah. Thomas Davis is already, he put his helmet in my chest and is bouncing off but that's where I got stuck a little bit in that spot I was in a duck and chuck right Mm -hmm. and just get out of the way because nobody was open but your big freaking dad was behind me (laughs) who's the mountain of men yeah
1: that's unfortunate I apologize on Uh, behalf
3: of him don't worry you don't have to
1: apologize I know what I signed up for (laughs) who said that who said that? That's your guy Sims. I don't know who he's talking to though. He's talking to Chris Jenkins Jr. Oh, okay, from Michigan. He's talking to Chris Jenkins Jr. and talking because Chris Jenkins is the one that almost killed Chris Sims, and he basically busted his spleen. Yeah, and he was. Inter- and your boy John is trying to put him back in. Yeah, he was trying to go back in too, and then they found that he was internally bleeding, and they were like, "Well, <laughs> Maybe you need not. to go to the hospital because yeah, you could die if we don't treat you." So. Yeah, there you I go. I think that's
0: we remember in the Patriots documentary. That's what happened to Drew Bledsoe.
1: Oh, was it really explaining thing? Yeah. Yeah, it was internal, really, it was internal bleeding. bleeding. Internal yeah. bleeding, yeah. No, that was, it, it was – yeah, like I said, if, he, if they would have ignored that, no, it, it could have been really, really bad yeah. for Sims. Oh, uh, so I'm glad that they did the right thing. The trainer was like, now let's go check you out.
0: Hey, let's, let's – uh, uh, I got a little – who said that? <laughs> who said this, Rod? I think you'll know it, but uh, our audience may not know this voice. Had a great year. On, on yesterday, D'Amico said that you all – last year drafted players that fit the Texas culture. He said that's what you're looking for in the draft this year. What is the Texans culture?
2: Yeah, and talked about this. I mean, I think that swarm mentality or swarm mindset, special work ethic and relentless mindset starts there. So when you look at kind of those basic principles and beliefs. And then do you put the team first and do you show up with a relentless mindset each day and work to improve and get better, I'd say. We're certainly a very process oriented team and we're focused on just kind of being the best version of ourselves each day and then stacking days on top of days and then that becomes weeks and that becomes months. It doesn't necessarily automatically lead to end results, but there just has to be a belief and conviction in each other and a trust in one another. And there has to be an authenticity that you feel from the team. And like I talked about on the podium there, players are smart, they're very perceptive and they realize what your true intentions are. So that's our job is to try to identify those players. Everybody's not for us. We're not for everybody, and that's okay. We're comfortable with the players that we have in the building, but I think we want to stay disciplined, stay consistent, stay true to what we believe in because in the end, we're going to win or lose with that.
1: That's Nick Casario.
0: Yeah, man. Yeah, Nicky. My man. Well, he may. I don't know when they give away executive of the year, but uh, he's going to be in the running between he and Brad Holmes of the Detroit Lions. I mean, who had a better offseason last year? Uh, drafting the quarterback of the future, drafting, making the trade, which was much criticized to go back he up was. and get uh, yep. get uh, Will Anderson to become – he's the defensive rookie of the year. You hired D'Amico Ryans, who hired a great staff, and you oversaw that. Um, gosh, I think with, with Kassari, you've got to take it all the way back to the Deshaun Watson trade Yep. to be able to get out from under that mess, get all the capital that they got for it, and then maximize that capital. At a high level, is pretty impressive. And add to the fact that uh, they performed so well, Rod, that they outperformed the draft pick. Yes, they did. Because the conversation was well, if you give up that pick, cause remember, the argument was are you giving up your first round pick or the Cleveland first round pick that you got in the trade? Yeah. Remember, Houston had two first round picks this coming year. They traded one of them to get the Will Anderson deal done with, with Arizona. Mm-hmm. Well, the, 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 the Texans pick ended up being the worst
1: pick. They did because they beat the Browns in that playoff game. Because nobody thought that, <laughs> yeah, nobody thought they'd end up winning a playoff game. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Nobody thought they'd actually end up getting to the playoffs and winning the division. Yeah, so so they held on to their own pick, which is a good pick. And the Browns,
0: I mean, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good what Minnick asserted, and then the the D'Amico culture that they're looking for at this combine. That's something Steve Sarkeesian talked about a lot. The culture. Yep, got to have it. Got to have it, man. All right, fabulous fifth hour coming your way. took him up with E and Rod B, rolling on. Oh, <music>